this series called The Calm. How many of y'all enjoy storms? Anybody enjoy? Okay, good. How many of y'all are, are afraid of storms? Like you do not like lightning and thunder. It's okay as an adult to admit that you, you get a little nervous from. I grew up in, in Tampa, Florida, Central Florida. Uh, and Central Florida is the lightning capital of the world. Uh, so we have a good time <laughs> when it storms. It's almost inevitable that electricity is going to go out. And so as soon as we know a storm's coming, I love now that you can kind of project it and you know the storm's coming and, and weather is pretty accurate these days. Uh, but back then we didn't, have, we didn't have all that technology. So it was like, you might get a storm, you might not. But as soon as you saw the clouds rolling in, you began to pull out candles and flashlights, and it was, it was going to happen. Lightning was going to start. The electricity was going to go out. But I love the storm, and, and it might be just a little bit odd, but there, I, I could find peace in the middle of lightning and thunder. I, I don't know why my parents let, let us do this, but we would crack the windows about that much on the front of our house, and I would sit next to that window as a storm was coming through, sometimes getting a little bit wet uh, as the wind would blow the rain in. But there was just something for me that was peaceful about the storm. Not so much when we talk about the storms of life, because the storms of life can sometimes come in and come in unexpectedly and kind of wreck us for a moment. I love the story. In fact, I referenced that story this morning in prayer uh, that Jeff was talking about, because I, I love what Jesus says. Um, he says something to them, and then he says this to the wind and waves, peace, be still. Now, in my heart, in my mind, I'm thinking that it was just as much to the wind and waves as it was to the disciples as well. So every once in a while in my own life, I just have to stop and pause, realize who God is, see him for who he is, and then speak to my own spirit, to my own soul, and just say, peace, be still. Next time you get all stressed out and you get anxious, I encourage you to just try it and see, see what God does. So this is part two of the series that we're in, The Calm. We'll be in this series all of July. I love this series because especially during, during this uh, season of life as, as far as our nation and, and our community. And man, it just seems like there's so much turmoil all over the place. And I don't know. Like, is it going to get worse? Is it going to get, is it going to get better? And, you know, I, I tend to think that the, the depravity of man is going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And so things will appear to be a lot worse around us. But here's the thing. God doesn't change. He doesn't change. He's always awesome. And, and my belief is this. One of the things that's going to mark the, the last days just before Jesus' return is going to be a revival. Will it be difficult? Will, will it be hard? Probably. In fact, it might be painful, but if we understand the, the heart of God, the heart of God is that all men would come to know him. Don't you think that at the last minute he's going to say, man, I've got to give one more chance. And so I believe there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's already begun. Let's, let's ask the Holy Spirit to do that within us. But I believe that's going to mark the end days. But until then, we're going to continue to face uh, storms and struggles and trials, and, but there's always calm in the midst of chaos. Listen, trouble in life is unavoidable. But when you get to determine, but you get to determine, sorry, but you get to determine how you process the trouble. I always look at it this way. For me, there was, there's been a struggle in my own life in, in response. Sometimes I'll respond very emotionally. And a lot of times I'll respond with whatever emotion you're coming to me with, right? But there's something that Jesus has done in my, in my life, in my heart, to where my response more reflects uh, the glory of Jesus rather than the flesh of, of David. But here it is. When we face trouble, and in fact, every circumstance of life, we have a choice of how we respond, 
do we respond as if we're one who is following hard after Jesus, or do we respond much like the world around us responds? Because I can tell you, you know this. In fact, you guys are probably out there more than I am in your workplaces and schools. Like, there is so much stress and anxiety right now. The numbers for depression and anxiety and all these things that just keep going up and keep going up and keep going up. But here's the thing, if you are choosing in the midst of all of this, if you are choosing to respond as if God is in control, it will make a difference. People will take note. So what are some responses we might take when faced with troubles? One of the things that we can do is just fear. It's a choice. Look, the older I get, the less of a morning person I am. My wife is probably very much happy about that uh, because for many, many years, we've been, we'll be married 30 years uh, this November. And for most of those years, for most of those years, I get up and I'm like, Woo! anybody else in the room admit that you're like that or your spouse is saying, I mean, I, just, I, used, I used to get up, man, all this energy was already there. I'm smiling, I'm whistling. She would hate because I'm walking around the room. She's trying to sleep. I'm getting ready for work at like four in the morning sometimes. And, and I'm singing and she's like, Come on, please. The, the, uh, the older I get, the harder it is to be a morning person. But I still believe this to be true. Being a morning person is a choice. <laughs> it's a choice, right? When we, when I just, I'm, I'm speaking to myself maybe more than anybody else. You know, any response that we have to any type of feeling, any type of emotion, any type of circumstance is a choice. So sometimes we respond in fear. You notice I got away from that really quick. Another way that we can respond is doubt. Don't raise your hand, but how many of us have responded in doubt when we just thought, man, there's no way this is going to happen? Even sometimes when we felt a strong sense that God was speaking one thing, get to the other side. Even we felt this strong sense as things got tough and the walls started closing in, how many of us doubt? How many of us fail to trust? What I find a little humorous in my own life is even when God has accomplished something and done something miraculous over and over and over again, if I face that same circumstance, I'm caught with this choice of, wait, is he, is he going to come through for me? And that's silly. It's like, man, every time. God never fails. But sometimes we fail to trust. What if our response is this? We might question God's goodness or his intentions towards us. Have you ever asked God, I mean, do you care about me at all? Do you see what's happening? Right? This is all that we're talking about in this series because we get to choose how we respond to a circumstance. Listen, some of the troubles, maybe most of the troubles we face in life are simply because we didn't go to God first. Even so, God is wanting to help we have to go to him. We have to call upon him. We have to look to him to be our rescue. One of the things that it, it, it hasn't happened yet, um, but one of the things I experienced when I was pastoring in Virginia is people just began to make it a habit to come to me as if I was the voice of God. And so many times people would get upset with me to, when I asked this question, well, did you ask God? Like you're asking me what you should do and what's next, and, but did you ask God because I'm not him and you don't want me to be him? But have you asked God? So my response would be, listen, you, you pray about this for a few weeks, and then you come back to me, and you tell me what you've sensed or what you've heard, and I'll pray with you, and we'll ask God for confirmation, and we'll take some steps from there. But I can't be God for you. Do we go to God first? So when it comes to anxiety, anxiety doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. Charles Spurgeon said that, and I love that quote. 
It never does us any good to, to be anxious, to stress out. It's not good for us spiritually. It's not good for us emotionally. And it's not good for us physically. So last week, when we're talking about the common chaos, last week we talked about celebrating God's goodness. This morning, I want to talk about a very simple remedy to chaos. If you're like me, hopefully not too many are, <laughs> you try to fix things on your own. Like as soon as, as soon as things begin to happen, you're already starting to move. Like you even haven't even asked God what's next. You just start to try to fix it on your own. At least that's, that's a struggle that I have. And in that case, you might exhaust yourself and all options before you do this one simple thing that we're going to talk about this morning. Ask for God's help. Why does it take us so long to do that? Why does it take us so long when we're experiencing all of this, this turmoil to ask God for help? Look at Philippians 4, 5, and 6. We actually went through this last week as well, but Philippians 4, 5, and 6 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't you love that? Highlight that. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. In, in how many situations? In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, listen to this, present your requests to God. Present your requests to God. Our God is not just a sovereign creator, creator seated in the heavenlies. He is Emmanuel, the one who is with us to help us. Look at Psalms 46.1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. You think about the, those few verses and the violence that's happening all around. I love the fact that we can go to God, that he is our refuge and he is our strength, even when it seems the world is falling apart around us. Listen, so when you think about it, especially here in America, we rarely ask God for help because we have, we have way too many options, right? We have doctors, we have medicine, we have health insurance, we have car insurance, we have credit cards, we have loans, we have counselors, therapists, advisors. We can leave a job and typically find another job. Here in America, I, I, I see it when I go to other countries because they don't have any options. I'm in the middle of jungle in Peru and I'm seeing all these miraculous healings happen because they don't have any options. Listen, our first option should always be God, even though, listen, I don't want to say that those things are bad in themselves because they're not. I, I love the fact that I have health insurance. But if I'm going to health insurance, if I'm going to medicine before I go to God, See, this is the trouble that we have, especially in America. We just have way too many options. And then what we find is we, we set a pattern in our life where then we begin to rarely go to God and ask for help when he's the first one that we should go to. So ask God for help. And when you do, we see these things happen. Or as we do, we need to do this. First, be confident God is able. Matthew 19, verse 26 Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Listen, we've got to be confident that God is able. Go to him without doubt, without question, without this feeling of trust. Listen, I've just made it a point when it comes to healing, because healing is one of those things that I know so many people have a question about. How many of you have ever prayed for yourself to be healed or for somebody else to be healed and it didn't happen? Anybody else? Okay, because I know I have. Many, many times. 
But this is the thing, every time, and I still do it, I pray for my daughter, uh, Ray, who's got cerebral palsy and epilepsy and autism. I pray for her every day, every day that God would heal her. And the next day, tomorrow when I wake up and I pray for her, there's not going to be a question of, I don't know. If I have, in Christianese, we've made it this habit. Of your will, if, if, you're, if it's your will, God, if it's your will, God, heal them. You know, sometimes we're going and we're asking for God's will when it's already revealed in Scripture. Do you know that when Jesus bore the wounds on his back and the stripes, his blood was spilled, his back was ripped open, the Bible said it was for our healing. Healing took place on the cross. And I don't understand. I'm with you. Like, I don't understand why we don't see healing happen every time, but I still go to God, the God who heals without a question, is he able? He is able. It's because God is all powerful. He can help us navigate whatever life brings our way. Why would we go to anyone else first when God knows all? Why would we try in our own power when God can do all? The first thing, be confident that God is able. The second thing, be convinced that God cares. I could probably spend an hour or more on this one. Be convinced that God cares. Matthew 6, 25 through 27 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What, we, what you will eat or drink and about your body and, and what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life, listen, we've got to be convinced that God cares. He cares. In fact, he cares even when some of the trouble you brought on is by a choice that you made. He still cares. He is still the remedy. He is still redemption. This is a tough one because I know so many Christ followers who feel that God doesn't care about them. And I don't know how we get to that point, but I know many that don't feel that God cares about them. Because here are some reasons I've heard of why we, why we fail to understand that God cares. Something like this, he doesn't answer our prayers quick enough. But I keep praying, Pastor. I keep praying, I keep praying, I keep praying. I don't have any answers. Sometimes we feel like he's just distant. That's the farthest from the truth. That was a little pun. He's not distant. He's never distant. He's always close. He's always right beside you. Here's another thing that I've heard. His answer requires too much of us. I can't, I can't do that. This is what I'm sensing God. To, he's telling me to do this, but I can't, I can't do that. How about this? We don't get the answer that we want. And our response is, God, do you really care? Or how about this one? I see this a lot. His answer doesn't remove us immediately from our present circumstances. Listen, we've got to be confident that God cares. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, we have to be confident that God cares. The third thing is this, be aware that God is near. I just alluded to that. But we have to know that God is here. He's right with us. Philippians 4, 5, we read it just a moment ago. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. There's no question mark after that. That's a declaration, and we need to declare that over our own lives. We have to be aware that God is near. 
You won't see this on the screen, but Deuteronomy 31.8 says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. We have to be aware that God is near. Listen, you're not alone. You may feel alone. You may think you're alone, but there's never a moment in which you face life without help. God is always, always near. The worship team is going to come up. We're going to close with a song this morning. As I get into this last point, and it's an important one, we have to be proactive and invite God into your situation as you choose prayer over despair. This kind of goes back to what we talked about last week. When things are, when things are difficult, what do we choose to focus our attention on? When Jesus was walking on water, he was walking on water. He was above the circumstances as long as he what? Kept his eyes on Jesus. The moment Peter removes his focus and his, and his attention from Jesus, what happens? He begins to sink. Listen, we have got to invite God into the circumstances of our lives that are difficult and painful and hard. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We have to go to him and we have to invite him in. I don't know about you, but there's, there's some times where I, I wish God would just make things happen. Just make everything happen that you want to happen. Just make it happen. He doesn't rule that way. He reigns over us as a father longing, as a creator, as a God longing for us to come to him and worship him. And I've learned this, that worship isn't just a song. Worship is anything that I do that pleases God. That's worship. But we have to be proactive in going to him and inviting him in to our situation. 1 Peter 5, 7 directs you to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So as we sense anxiety welling up inside us, let's just throw that upon Jesus. I've said it over the past few weeks of just laying those things at his feet. So we talk about this prayer and this petition. Prayer is the process of inviting God into our situation and transferring the weight from our life to his care. Anything that's weighing heavy on us, we can bring that to Jesus and we can leave it at his feet. So here's some closing thoughts as we move into this time of response. As you pray, pray with confidence. James 1, 6 says that when we ask, we should believe and not doubt. So as we ask, let's believe and not doubt. Pray with confidence. The second way we can pray is just begin to pray the promises. Listen, God doesn't, God doesn't mind us, re, or uh, uh, he doesn't mind us reminding him of his promises, right? There's things that God's spoken over in my life, and sometimes as I remind God of those promises, what I'm really doing is reminding my own soul and spirit of those promises. But pray the promises, speak the promises out loud. When God speaks to you, stand upon that. The last thing that we can do is pray with persistence. We see that in Luke 8, 1. So listen, God is in you, he's with you, and you have to believe this, he's for you. Whatever you're facing in life, you will never have to face it alone. 